All right. If you will, go ahead and turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2. Before we go into um, the message today, uh, please let me reiterate how much I love preaching here at Red Cross Baptist Church. Um, as you can tell probably from today's sermon title, that uh, we are talking about godly women in God's church. And uh, ladies, let me say, um, before we go into this, um, that you do a phenomenal job here at Red Cross Baptist. You are a valued part of our church. Uh, and so understand that as we go into this text, because it is a controversial text, among denominations, among religion, well, not religions, because this is, you know, Christianity, but, but it is a controversial text. And so we're going to see what God's word says to us today. So be in prayer for me, um, as I am in prayer that you will give me grace. All right. So uh, if you will go ahead and stand with me in the honor of the reading of God's word. First Timothy two verses 11 through 15. It says this, Let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. Let's pray. Father God, we are so thankful for your word. And Lord, what we need this morning is the spirit to open up our eyes to the truth of what your word has for us. And so God, use me as you see fit. Give me the words to say. We love you, we praise you, we thank you. In your son's precious name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now, when coming to this text of Scripture, we we must understand that it is a controversial text of Scripture. And you might hear some things this morning that you've never heard before, or you might hear some things this morning that is just a refresher course for you. But understand when I say this, that the liberal side of the church would disagree with me this morning. That my stance is a conservative stance when it comes to this text of Scripture. And understand that what I am preaching is not my opinion. I'm not up here trying to to tell you what I think this text says. I'm up here to tell you what the text itself is saying. So if you have a problem with what I say this morning... Your problem is not with me. Your problem is with the word. Okay. Now, one of the problems that we deal with when tackling this text is that the culture tries to subvert what the Bible believes when it comes to women's roles in the home and in the church. The culture tries to tell us it is different. I mean, if you've seen anything over the past couple of weeks, our culture can't even define what a woman is. The good thing is, is that we do not need to be a biologist to define what a woman is. 
And we also don't need to be a biblical scholar to know what a woman's role is in the home and in the church. Because it's right here in the text. So let's just jump into it, shall we? Here's what I want you to come across this morning. Here's here's what I want you to leave with. The main idea is this. A healthy church includes godly women who serve in their God-given roles. A healthy church includes godly women who serve in their God-given roles. Now, you might sit here and say, I know what my role is, or you might sit here and say, I know what my wife's role needs to be. But understand that it's not about how we feel or about what we think or about what other people have told us. It only matters what the word of God says. And here at Red Cross, I am I am thankful that we are a church that strives to follow the word of God to a T. Like we want to we want to do what the word says, at least I hope we do. And so let's break this down. Last week, we looked at godly men and godly women. We actually looked at holy men and holy women. And we looked at how men and women in the church are distinct in their practice, but are marked by their holiness. And we're we're in this now, okay? There's no turning back. I cannot change where we're at. I'm I'm not going somewhere else. We are distinct in our practice. Men, we we lead. We 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 teach, we preach, we serve. Ladies. You submit. Now, I'm going to talk about what that means in a little bit. Okay, I'm not talking about, you know, go make me a sandwich, honey. I'm not talking about that kind of submission. Okay. But what we also saw last week is that women are to be modest, respectful in their appearance, that they're even to be reverential in the fact that they do not strive to live lives in which they they want to look good on the outside, but women are to strive to live lives in which they are professing their godliness from the inside. Where we talked in verse 10, where Paul says that, that, that ladies are to be with what is proper for women who profess godliness. And what is that? With good works. So ladies, we talked last week about Your attractiveness is not based on the outside, but on the inside with your godliness. For the single ladies and for the single men, what is most attractive or should be most attractive is a godly woman. Husbands, you should not have eyes for other women. You should have eyes for your godly wife. But this morning, we're looking more practical. What are these God-given roles that God has given women? And Paul is telling us, again, this is, this is from 1 Timothy 3, where Paul is writing this letter to Timothy and to the church, saying, so that you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God. This is not an instruction of, of, of basically how we behave in the culture, in the world, but how we behave in the church. 
How is the church to be run? How is it to be led? How how are we to serve? We, men and women, have distinct roles in how that plays out. And sometimes those roles overlap. You're going to see some of that this morning. So with all that being said, let's look at point one. The first thing that we can see from Paul's text to Timothy is that a godly woman has a teachable spirit. A godly woman has a teachable spirit. 1 Timothy 2, 11, Paul says, let a woman learn quietly. Now, before husbands, you start saying, see, honey, I told you you to keep your mouth shut. That's not what this means. Okay, when we see that women are to learn quietly, this is not the first time we've seen the word quiet in this text. If we go up just a few verses in verses one and two, Paul tells Timothy, first of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and what? Quiet life. That doesn't mean that we are to be quiet. The Bible tells us we're not to be quiet. We're to, we're to share the gospel. We're to speak up. So it's not saying that the believer is to be quiet in this life. It is that the, the believer is to be peaceful and not contentious, not argumentative. And understand that this is not a negative thing here. When Paul says, let a woman learn quietly, this is not Paul lowering women. In fact, he's elevating women in this verse. You want to know why? Culturally, women are not to be learners here in this text. Women are culturally second class intellectually. The patriarchy would not allow women to learn, to grow in their knowledge of things. In fact, according to the Jerusalem Talmud, it says it would be better for the words of Torah to be burned than that they should be entrusted to a woman. So Paul is actually being countercultural here in this verse by encouraging the women of the church to learn, to grow in your knowledge of who Jesus is, to grow into the deep things of God's word. Guys, when, when, when Christian women gather together, they are to be, dis, uh, they're to be discipled and instructed in the Word of God. You remember I told you it overlaps sometimes in our roles? Men, that's for us too. That's for us too. Godly men and women are to have a teachable spirit. We are to, desire to grow deeper into what God's word says. This is a never ending mine of treasure. And it constantly grows deeper. Paul says, let a woman learn quietly. What does he mean? First, he means that a woman is to learn respectfully. She's to be respectful. When you, and, and, and this is for the godly men too. I'm just saying women because of the of the context here. But godly men, you are to be respectful too. When you're sitting under the preaching and teaching of elders or pastors, 
You are to be respectful in what you are learning, in what you are growing in. Now, that does not mean that you have to take everything I say as gospel. You need to be holding me accountable. And I've got men in this church who are holding me accountable. I know for a fact that that if I were to say something crazy up here, such as women should be able to preach, I'm going to get a text message or an email or a phone call or to the face conversation after church by guys in this church who hold me accountable to this. But we are to be respectful. Ladies, as you learn quietly, you learn respectfully. What else does it mean? You are to learn obediently. You're to be obedient to the teaching of the Word of God. Obedient. What Paul is getting at here is is the proper role of a woman is the same in the church as it is in the home. Paul tells us that, that men are to be the leaders of the home spiritually. Men are to take the spiritual matters and disciple their wives, disciple their kids, make sure that, that, that no sin is coming into the house, to make sure that, 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 that they are partaking of the ordinary means of grace by coming to church, that they are, that they are, they are making Christ a priority in the home. That is the role of the man. So what is the role of the woman in the home? To submit to the man's leadership. Now, do men submit to leadership? Absolutely. To the leadership of Christ. You've got Christ. Men submit to Christ. And then ladies submit to the men's leadership. That's where Paul's getting at here. The leadership in a church is the same as in a home. It's from the men. So ladies, this really is not a conversation where we are to tell you to step down. This is really a conversation where we need to tell men to step up. You are called to be leaders. You are called to be disciple makers. Ladies, you you are to have a teachable spirit as the men do, but you are to be teachable under the men of this church. So Paul says, let a woman learn quietly. And, and I mean, we can, we can do a whole sermon with just those five words, but we're not going to. The next three words, Paul says, let a woman learn quiet, quietly with all submissiveness. Look at verse 12. As Paul's talking about a woman to be submissive, he says... I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. So not only is a woman to have a teachable spirit, a godly woman is also, secondly, to be biblically submissive. Biblically submissive. Now, that that term submissive, I like the term because it's a biblical term. I don't like how the cultural how the culture tries to define it. Submissive does not mean, and I'm talking to the men here, submissive does not mean that you get to lord over your wife, men. 
Submissive does not mean that you get to treat them as anything less than you. Submissive does not mean that you get to talk down to them in any way or to look at them as inferior in any way. God created all things good, but yet he found one thing that wasn't good in the garden, and that was man to be alone. So men, women was created for your benefit. So how dare we treat them inferior? Husbands, you need to be treating your wives like the queens they are. I see some giggles. Wives, are you not queens? Okay. Do we need to have another Bible study with this? Husbands, treat your wives respectfully. Now, with that being said, a godly woman is called to be biblically submissive. What does that mean? They are to submit under the authority of the leaders of the church. They are to submit under the authority of the Word of God. When we look at how a godly woman is biblically, biblically submissive, the first thing Paul says is, is I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. What does that mean? What does that mean? First, I believe that there are two things that Paul is telling a woman she's not permitted to do. She's not permitted to teach over a man, and she's not permitted to exercise authority over a man. What does that word teach mean? How far can we go with that? If we look at the Greek for the word teach, it's didasko, which really just means giving general instruction. So ladies, According to God's word, women are not permitted to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. Godly women are biblically submissive first under elder qualified men. You've heard me mention that term elder a lot lately. We've heard a lot about it through the book of Acts. We're hearing a lot about it here in 1 Timothy. Coming up in 1 Timothy 3, we're looking at the qualifications for elders. Elders are pastors. That's what an elder is. I'm not talking about the older people. Some of you older people were like, yeah, submit to me. No, (laughs) I'm not talking about elder as an older. I'm talking elder as in pastor. When we look throughout the scriptures, whenever the term elder is mentioned, it's interchangeable with pastor. It means pastor. And so. A godly woman is biblically submissive under elder qualified men. So what does that mean? The teaching and the the authority that comes from the church is to come from elder qualified men. Now wait, does that mean that a woman can't teach? Absolutely not. It just means that a godly woman has biblical parameters in where she can take that part. So where can a woman teach? Scripture shows us that, 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 that women are to be teaching children. That they can teach children. That, 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 they are to show, that they can show gospel truths to children. Where else can a woman teach? We see in Titus 
chapter 2 that, that the older women are to be training up and teaching the younger women. So when you get women teaching, we should utilize those gifts. And let me tell you, there are, there are even some women in this church that have some amazing gifts of teaching. But understand when I say this, that I would rather biblically try to be submissive in how God has set the church up under leadership. So a woman should be teaching women. But the scripture says here that a, I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. She is to remain quiet. Not only is she biblically submissive under elder qualified men, she's called to be biblically submissive under the word of God. Which is where elder qualified men are to be biblically submissive. We teach and preach what the word says. I'm submissive to this book. And listen, ladies, I'm not just saying only godly women are to be biblically submissive to elder qualified men. All church members are called to be biblically submissive to elder qualified men. So, ladies, you can look at your husbands and say, because you're in it, too. And a lot of times elder elder qualified men do not have a lot of problems from women. It's from the men. We're contentious. We like to mark our territory. We want to make sure that we are right. We talked about that last week. I did it again this week. I argued with my wife even when I knew I wasn't right. But I was going to make sure I was going to be right anyway. I was still wrong. Can y'all tell I'm nervous about this text? Can y'all kind of tell I'm not the same as I usually am? A godly woman is called to be biblically submissive. Now, there are a lot of people that try to combat that. Now, hold up. You're saying a woman cannot preach. Well, no, they can't. That's exercising authority. Now, well, what about the culture that they're in? Isn't, isn't Paul just trying to tell them like it's because of culture that women are just need to be quiet and, and that they're second class citizens? Isn't that what Paul's getting at here? No, because when we look at verse four, 13 and 14, Paul says that this is not a cultural issue. It's a creation issue. In verse 13, Paul says, for Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Now, Pastor Leto did a fantastic job preaching through Genesis 3 a couple weeks back. And he showed us how the enemy has subverted the kingdom of God and the creation order. The creation order was God, man, woman, creature. But then you see the creation order get flipped where... The serpent, the creature, tries to combat the woman who is then deceived, gives the fruit to her man who eats, and then God steps in. This is a cultural, this is a creation issue. It's not a cultural issue. Because when we look at creation, 
man was created, man, male, M-A-L-E, male, was created to be leader. Now, that does not mean males are created with more value than females. Men and women are created of equal value. There's just a first among equals, and that's the man. Now, you might be a woman in this room, and you're thinking, well, Pastor, my my husband's not the spiritual leader that he needs to be. The man needs to repent of that and become the spiritual leader that he's called to be. Well, but Pastor, my husband's not even a Christian. How's he going to lead my home spiritually if, if my husband's not a Christian? Well, that's where you step in. That's where you lead your children spiritually and you live in a godly way as to where your husband can possibly be attracted to the gospel through your life. A godly woman is called to be biblically submissive under elder qualified men and under the word of God because of how God created all things. Man was not deceived. Adam knew what was going on. He knew. He wasn't standing in the background like, huh, are you serious? Like He was seriously standing in the background and he knew what was happening. And you're thinking like, Adam was there? Yeah, read Genesis 3. He was there. He saw the serpent talking to his wife. He saw the wife look at the fruit. He saw his wife pick the fruit. He saw his wife eat the fruit. The man was too much of a... I can't think of a decent word to say without it being offensive. Wimp. Thank you. Wimp. Man was too much of a wimp to even say anything. He was not... He was not leading like he should have been. And when when men don't lead like they should, this is what happens. Things get turned upside down. And even Genesis Genesis 3 shows us part of the curse. Ladies, you're going to want to domineer man. Part of the curse is you're going to want to lead over man. That's going to be your your temptation. But man is called to be leader. Not in any type of sexist way, but this is what God has said. So not only is a godly woman to be a, to have a teachable spirit, and not only is she to be biblically submissive, but point three, a godly woman is called to faithfully serve. She faithfully serves. Now, verse 15, I thought verse 12 was controversial. Verse 15, you read it right off the bat and you're like, What? Verse 15, yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. Let me go ahead and answer the question everybody's probably already thinking. Is a woman saved from giving birth? Absolutely not. That's called being saved by good works. We don't believe in that. And in fact, does it say that a godly woman should give birth to two children? Absolutely not. That's not what it's saying here. 
Because even Paul encourages even women to be single. And then we also have to take into consideration that some ladies just, they, they can't give birth. We have to give grace where grace is deserved. And so what is it saying here? Yet she will be saved through childbearing. What it's saying is, is that she will be saved faithfully serving in her God-given role. Now, hear me say again, that's not how she gets saved. But it is an expression of the fact that she is saved. A godly woman faithfully serves in her God-given role because of what Christ has done for her in her life. So what does that mean? That means that she's going to care for the home. Martin Luther once said that a wife is to care for the home so much and to love her husband so much so that when he leaves, he is to be distraught with the fact that he's leaving and she's distraught with the fact that he's going too. That doesn't happen in my house. My wife loves it when I leave the house. I don't know why. She yelled at me the other day, are you ever going to leave? Keep it up, woman. I just might. No, a godly woman, a godly woman expresses her salvation in how she cares for the home, how she cares for her children. Now, this doesn't, listen, men, a woman's rightful place is not the kitchen. Okay? And don't ever tell your wife that. Don't ever tell, first off, some of you men don't need to be telling your wife that because they can take you pretty quick. But no, that's not where a woman's rightful place is. Okay? That's rude, it's disrespectful, it's dishonoring to the queen that you're married to. But a woman expresses her salvation by faithfully serving in their God-given roles. But she is saved, secondly, by trusting in Christ's redemption. So a godly woman is not saved through the birth of her children, But she is saved because of the one who was born, who lived the life that we could not live, died the death that we deserved, and is now resurrected, risen, has ascended, and is ruling and reigning at the right hand of the Father. So how is a godly woman, how is a godly woman a godly woman? By trusting in Christ. Paul says that yet she will be saved through childbearing if, if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. Who does that? Only those who trust in Christ's redemption. Ladies, I want to be clear about something. I wrestled with this text. And the reason why is, is I wrestled with how I can present it to you in a way that is not negative, but is uplifting and positive for you. Godly women are not second class citizens and they should not be treated as such, especially in the church and especially in a God fearing home. A godly woman serves and cares. And let me tell you, our church, our church, Red Cross, will not be, can never have been where it is today without the godly women that are serving in it right now. 
Because men, I'm just going to be straight up honest with you because I'm talking to, to myself too. We're lazy. You're giggling because you know it's true. We're lazy. To the husbands, if it wasn't for our wives, our house would have already burned down by now. When my wife is, is uh, out of town and I'm fending for my kids, there's a whole bunch of McDonald's out that week. And they don't get a bath. If they do, it's because I took them outside and sprayed them with the water hose. That's it. <laughs> but ladies, let me tell you, this is not a text in any way that is to limit you. It is not in any way to tell you that you cannot serve. It is not in any way to tell you that you are of lesser value than anybody else in this room. When God created man and, and woman, he created them of equal value. You are of equal value. But when we look at the leadership structure of the church, when we look at where the teaching and instruction comes from, it's got to be elder qualified men. Because not because of culture, but because of creation. Because that's what God's called us to. And because verse 12 actually says, I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. God's word says it. You see, a woman can teach and serve as long as, in it, as long as it's in a biblical parameter. It's the same with men too. Let me say that. It's the same with men too. Not any man can teach. Not, not any man can teach. Not any man can preach. I'm not saying every man in this room is called to that. Not every man in, in this room is elder qualified. They have biblical parameters too. And to anybody, any anybody in this church that teaches in any capacity, understand that the word tells us that you will be held to a higher standard of what you teach and how you teach it. It should scare us at times. That's why I came into the pulpit trembling because not just I'm tackling a text on women, but because I'm tackling God's text and I want to be right with it. To understand, ladies, you're not the only one with biblical parameters when it comes to serve and teach and lead. Men have those same parameters as well. And we're going to be looking at that here soon as we look at 1 Timothy 3 for qualifications for overseers and qualifications for deacons. Okay? So to the godly woman, I pray that you are a godly woman who has a teachable spirit, who is eager to sit under the teaching and preaching of God's word to dig deep. And I pray that you are biblically submissive, not only in your home, but here at church, where you're serving, you're loving, you're even teaching where you can. Because we want to utilize your gifts. You are gifted by God. And to the godly woman, we pray that you are a faithful servant because of the one who faithfully served and lived and died on your behalf. And men, this is for you too. You might think, thank God he preached to the women for a change. It don't matter. You're also called to be all three of those things. <laughs>
So I pray you are as well. Let's pray. Father God, you are good and gracious and merciful, and we are thankful for your word. I pray, God, that as we go into this time of invitation, you would help us to be godly men and women who have a teachable spirit, who are eager to learn and to hear the word of God taught and preached. God, I pray that you would help these men and women to be godly in the fact that they're biblically submissive to your word. And God, I pray that you would help these men and women to be godly as they faithfully serve, not to earn salvation because you can't, but because they are saved. So we thank you, God, for who you are. We thank you for gifting us with women. God, we thank you for the godly women in our church who serve and give and love. God, I thank you for the godly women that my wife look up to who have been encouragers to her. So, Lord, I pray that they are all encouragers to each other. And I pray the same for the men. We ask this in your sons. Precious name we pray. Amen.